I'm your health coach, Melissa Lee. Here at Thriving with Nourishment Health, I provide women with the resources to reclaim fertility and celebrate periods through the lens of functional medicine. It is time to empower ourselves with natural solutions over band-aid medicines. We will get to the root cause of symptoms to see the bigger picture. Let us find the ability to heal ourselves, get back to Mother Nature, and live in a healthier world. Hi everyone, say hi to Dr. Stacy Whitman as a holistic oral health educator, the founder of Noble Kids Dentistry, and the founder of Happy Floss. Dr. Stacy Whitman is on a mission to create a cavity-free world. I have her on the show today because our oral health is much related to the rest of the body and it is really fascinating to know about. So I'm really happy that you're here so we can talk about, you know, how our oral health relates to our gut and the rest of our body because I always think that it's like kind of separate, but it's really not. So welcome to the show, Dr. Stacey. Yes, thank you so much for having me. This is a, a topic I'm very passionate about, so I appreciate it's so much when people are interested uh, about the oral systemic connection. Yeah, I'm really excited. I actually found you through Instagram and I found all of your content really relevant and you know very, very useful. Um, so let's go ahead and get started. How did you actually get into this field of um, oral health and dentistry? Yeah, so you know, it, it's been a long convoluted story, but essentially I had I was always really interested in art and I was always kind of an artist kid at heart, but I I enjoyed sciences quite a bit too, but I I had a really significant bicycle accident when I was 10 and it, I had a lot of facial trauma. I broke my jaw. I knocked teeth out. Um, So I was in and out of dental offices a lot. So I I just knew the industry pretty well just from spending time there. And so I got to college and I was still an art major and I was just kind of lost and I knew I needed to create a career that was really stable for myself. So I kind of put my love for art and science together and came up with dentistry. Um, and luckily it worked out. You know, I went to dental school um, on the East Coast. I moved out West and I practiced as a very traditional general dentist for a few years, um, but just wasn't finding job satisfaction. I didn't feel like I was making a difference. I kept seeing disease come back into my office over and over again. And I just felt like the practice model could be improved upon. Um, And I knew to achieve the outcomes I wanted, I had to get more upstream and especially with my patients. And the way to do Mm -hmm. that is to start with kids. So I knew if I started early with kids and educating parents, I hopefully could set that child, that human up for a path of success. So I went back and got my uh, pediatric certification. So I'm a board certified pediatric dentist. I practiced traditionally, again, for a few years um, and just still wasn't finding um, fulfillment in my career. And I myself was living a cleaner, more holistic lifestyle. I was always very interested in nutrition and health and longevity. Um, and then after losing my mother, you know, many people in this field have this, this story, but um, I lost my mother to cancer and it was very sudden um, and it was very surprising and it really propelled me on this path to question uh, the medical model, the dental model, our environment, mm. our products, kind of all of it, like a real deep dive. And I knew I needed to practice auth- um, authentically. And so I just completely 
revamped the practice model essentially. So I opened my own office um, and it was really scary. And I had some colleagues that truly are, are why I'm here today because they encouraged me and supported me. But I opened a functional holistic pediatric dental office mm -hmm. um, really recreating the entire practice model. And that's um, how I practice still to this day in Portland, Oregon. Wow, I have to say that you opening, you know, your own office and going off this conventional train is already very brave and courageous <laughs> in itself. Um, also, I think, you know, people are hearing functional medicine being thrown around these days and, you know, gut health and all that. But I don't think they have heard that a dentist can also be holistic and functional in yeah. that approach. Um, so could you let us know what the difference is between like a conventional dentist and a functional dentist? Yes, it's a great question. Um, and you're right. I mean, dentistry is really slow to the movement. I do think there it's happening, but it's going to take time. Um, but essentially, you know, a function, uh, sorry, a traditional dentist, just to simplify, it seems, you know, you go in and it's very end stage disease oriented. It's very like a surgically based model, almost like mechanical. It, so you go in and you get your teeth clean, you get some x-rays and the dentist pops in and says, okay, you need to brush and floss more. You have some cavities, come back and get them filled. And that's mm -hmm. sort of end of story. There's, you know, a phrase that goes around you, um, uh, drill, fill, bill, you know, so you drill okay. the teeth, fill the teeth, you bill. It's just like kind of right. very mechanistic, like clockwork in and out, almost robotic, um, turn and burn, if you will. So you're really not creating lifestyle changes in that patient. You're really not getting them to understand why they had the, the disease to begin with. And then how that oral disease might be manifesting itself in other ways in the body and vice versa. So you mentioned gut health. I mean, the, the mouth and the gut are so interconnected. Um, you know, gut health can affect oral health and oral health can affect gut health. I mean, they're really like almost cousins is what we consider them because they're all part of the digestive system. It's one tube, you know, it's not separate. And so from a functional dentist standpoint, we're really trying to dig deep and get to know a patient and learn more about their medical history, their emotional um, history as well, and try to get to root causes and talk to them about their diet and their nutrition and their sleep and their community and their stress levels and how they're breathing. Um, because all of these things, again, are interconnected. So uh, it does take more time. So the practice model is very different. I mean, your appointments are much longer. You spend a lot of time talking and being educated, um, but it is an extremely successful model. I mean, we see a lot of positive change in our patients because we are able to spend more time getting to know them, understanding their routines, their habits, their diet, their nutrition, maybe where they have lack of nutrients, nutritional deficiencies, food intolerances, like undiagnosed allergies. We work a lot with naturopathic and functional medicine doctors too. Um, and, and really focusing a lot on airway, health and sleep, which in mm. my opinion is foundational, not only for oral health, but systemic health too. That's really cool. And that's really, I mean, I think it's the forefront moving forward, especially if we wanna you know, help prevent lifestyle diseases from occurring. Um, could you speak a little bit about, you know, 
mercury amalgam fillings i think that's a kind of a big one as it relates yeah. to toxicity but like people don't really know about sure so this is a it's it's a hard topic to discuss just because a lot of humans have mercury fillings out there right, right? um and I don't want to create fear or anxiety. I, that is not healthy. I think honestly, fear is one of the, the least healthy things for us. Mm-hmm. But I, but there are concerns with mercury fillings. Um, they are up to 50% mercury. And there is data to indicate that every time you eat or grind your teeth or have a hot beverage, that trace amounts of that mercury vapor is being released. Okay. So that can have an accumulative effect on your body. Now, I don't necessarily suggest everyone runs out and gets all their fillings replaced. I certainly suggest moving forward. If you need a filling, do not allow a dentist to place a mercury um, alloy silver filling in your mouth. There's so many different better materials out there. Um, But if you do have a mercury filling that's failing or chipping or breaking, I absolutely would switch it out for something less toxic. And then also, you know, work with a biological dentist and or your naturopath, because if you do choose to have these fillings removed, you are going to be very exposed to to mercury, you know, removing the um, filling. It's one of the higher exposure points. And so you want to make sure you have a dentist that's using the proper protocols and that can support you with binding those uh, metals and getting you on kind of like a detoxification protocol. Um, So, yeah, I will say, you know, the FDA came out um, last year and they did make an announcement and it was, this should have been front page news as far as I'm concerned, but Mm -hmm. they did make a statement saying that mercury filling should be avoided in and they listed um, different demographics. They said pregnant women, um, they said people with underlying autoimmune issues, you know, people with neurological disorders, they said children, and they also said anyone who is sensitive to mercury, which mm. is like everyone is sensitive to mercury, you know, it's a highly right. toxic material. So um, again, I, if you are if you are feeling healthy and well and stable and normal and you have some mercury fillings in your mouth, I wouldn't stress. I would just suggest if they need to be replaced, which they will be. Fillings don't last forever. They generally need to be replaced anywhere from every 10 to 20 years. Mm-hmm. Replace it with either a ceramic or something that is uh, more biocompatible. Um, but if you have some underlying issues, you know, autoimmune issues, neurological issues, anything that you just can't get to the bottom of, I would look into in your mouth and I would look at your fillings and your filling materials. Um, there's, there's a thing that can happen to um, galvanic uh, differences with metals in the mouth. So you have gold here and titanium here and mercury here that can really cause a lot of dysfunction and the um, body as well. So again, Mm. you have to be working with a biological or functionally minded dentist to kind of get to the bottoms of these things. But I I would look to your mouth and a lot of doctors just look right over your mouth. They don't know anything about teeth in the mouth, you know? So they're not looking at your fillings or your filling material type, or like, do you have failing root canals or underlying gum and bone disease. So um, it is really important if you have these kind of chronic medical issues that you, we just can't figure out to look toward the mouth. 
I totally um, agree with you. I've, you know, I've read like some papers saying that mercury actually binds into our brain, you know, causing a lot of neurological issues. Is that probably one of the then dynamics? Yeah, I mean, that, you guys have, maybe you've heard of mad hatters. I mean, that was attributed to, to mercury toxicity. So right. the hat makers, they used to dip the hats to keep them upright in mercury. And that's, mm. they, would, they would eventually have a lot of neurological and um, mental health issues because of this mercury accumulation. And, you know, heavy metals, they do, we don't excrete them. They are stored in our fat. And so um, many dentists have very high mercury levels. We are very exposed to mercury. And so if you're a dentist out there listening, I myself had a test and I was shocked because I haven't been around mercury for maybe a decade. And I had very high mercury levels wow. from back forever ago when I was in dental school and, you know, required to place these filling material mm -hmm. types. So I, I went through a, a heavy metal binding protocol and retested and, and now my levels are within normal, but um, it can have a lot of long-term impacts on you. And again, it's not, it's stored in our adipose tissue. So right. metals do like to bind themselves and accumulate in the body. And then we go on to like the whole detoxification process. <laughs> Yeah, they yeah, it's it's hard to get rid of metals. It really is. Right. So earlier you were saying like our mouth and our gut health, you know, it's kind of like cousins, they really impact each other. Uh, could you explain a little bit more about how our mouth actually impacts our hormones? Because that's also kind of interrelated, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. Yes. Yeah. So part of functional dentistry too that I failed to mention we really focus so much on the microbiome, the oral microbiome and how the oral microbiome is impacting the rest of the body. Mm -hmm. So that is really, we have limited understanding and I do think more and more research is gonna come out, but we do know that the microbes in our mouth, um, we swallow them, you know, we swallow 2000 times a day. So we are constantly feeding and seeding our gut with whatever bacteria um, and potential pathogens we have in our mouth. And so if we're in a dysbiotic state, if we have a lot of cavities, a lot of pathogenic bacteria, a lot mm. of gum disease, a lot of periodontal disease, we're swallowing that, that is impacting our gut health. You know, that is affecting the gut microbiome um, and vice versa. You know, there's many functional dentists um, and naturopathic dentists that, that really believe if we heal our gut, our mouths will heal. If we heal our mouths, our gut will heal. Um, so everything that we're doing in the mouth, it, it does impact the gut. And also, you know, if you have gum disease, it, it, that is chronic inflammation. So if you, if you brush or floss and your gums bleed, that is not normal. Okay. Uh, and the way we describe this, because I think so many of us do normalize it. Like if you, you know, if you had, your arm and you like wash your arm with a face cloth and then your arm started bleeding, that would be really concerning, right? Mm -hmm. So, you know, your gums protect your inside of your body from pathogens, right? That is, it's a single cell um, layer, just like your gut lining. So it's very vulnerable, but if it's bleeding, you are, you've now created a pathway for all these potentially bad bacteria, viruses, things to get into your body. So if your gums are bleeding, you now have this, this gateway right into the body, into the bloodstream. And we do know oral bacteria, it's traveling 
all over the body. We are finding it everywhere. We, um, and it can impact our cardiovascular health. It can lead to diabetes, rheumatoid arthritis, auto, autoimmune issues, pregnancy complications. And we now know it can pass the blood brain barrier and it's being um, attributed to uh, Alzheimer's and dementia. I mean, this is serious, serious stuff. And it also is impacting your immune health. So oral health is so, so critical. And so all of these disturbances, they, they absolutely can affect our hormonal health too, because it is all, everything communicates with one right. another, right? Mm -hmm. So, but particularly for women, what is a bummer is we go through many phases in life where our hormones are in a constant uh, state of like influx and, you know, we go through puberty and then we're pregnant and then, you know, we go through, um, our menses and then we go through menopause and that all affects you know our estrogen and our progesterone and it can increase our susceptibility to gum disease and this inflammation and so it becomes even more critical to have impeccable oral health and to see the dentist very regularly to stay on top of these things wow that sounds very intricate and this also really wants, you know, gets me curious about how do we actually improve the health or maintain the health of our mouth so that we don't get all of these like symptoms and other downstream dynamics. Yeah. So I think um, my, the, I, everything comes back to diet. Okay. So, you know, if you are eating a whole food diet that is full of vegetables and some fruit and, you know, I'm, I am a proponent of quality meats and dairy, if you can handle it, nuts and seeds, you know, things from the earth, essentially. Those foods, eat a rainbow foods is what I call them. Those foods generally feed our beneficial bacteria. You know, our good guys, our good bacteria in our mouths and our guts, they love phytonutrients and they love prebiotic fiber. Okay, mm -hmm. pathogenic microbes love carbohydrates, especially fermentable or simple refined carbohydrates. So sugars and flours and simple starches and things that break down very quickly in the mouth. So the bad, bad bacteria, they feed upon that. So if we are overfeeding our bad bacteria by constantly eating sugars and ultra processed things like chips and crackers and pretzels and granola bars, they are going to be in a state where they take over um, and that's called dysbiosis. And so there's more pathogenic bacteria than healthy bacteria. And that's where you're gonna start seeing disease. So if we don't feed the bad bacteria, they can't outnumber or crowd out the healthy bacteria. Okay, so it really comes down to diet. So as best as possible, trying to eat whole foods, eat a rainbow, also, um, eating on a schedule. So again, if you're eating some of these more carbohydrate processed foods and you're kind of snacking and nibbling or sipping on sugary drinks all day, that means you're just constantly feeding these bacteria all day, every day, over and over. Um, we really need to give our bodies, our mouths and our guts a break from eating sessions. So we do recommend to eat on a schedule Ideally, like space things out every two to three hours if you can. It, it actually helps your gut health as well. Um, lots of hydration is important. So many of us are dehydrated and we're eating um, sugary beverages that it just adds up, you know, or acidic mm. beverages. 
Um, how we're breathing is really important too. So we really want to be nasal breathers. Um, and that is a whole other topic. But when you breathe through your mouth, you are changing the microbiome of your mouth. And that is because it dries the mouth out and it lowers the pH. And again, these pathogenic bacteria, not only do they love sugar, but they thrive in an acidic environment. They actually can't survive in a more neutral or alkaline environment. That's where our good bacteria thrive. So if you're breathing through your mouth, the pH of your mouth is gonna go down, you're gonna get dry mouth. So you're not gonna have your saliva, which hosts a lot of healthy enzymes and calcium and these things that help strengthen and protect your teeth. You'll have dry mouth, a low pH, and then again, these bacteria can just flourish. And so we see a lot of cavity risk and gum disease in patients who are mouth breathing. Mm. Um, That's why you talked about breathing. Um, I just read yeah. Breath by James Nestor, oh, and that was an incredible book. Yeah. Book of the year, I know. <laughs> the century, I should say, because we wrote it mm. last year, but yeah, it's amazing. Um, I, I highly suggest that for anyone. And it's actually really fun to listen to because he reads it and he has like the best voice, the best cadence. It's so, it's just so good. So I oh. do recommend that. You'll learn a lot listening to it and you'll learn a lot about yourself, I think too. Um, other things, uh, uh, I, hygiene of course is important. You know, truly what hygiene is doing is it you're disrupting the biofilm. Mm -hmm. So you're always going to have a biofilm on your teeth. But you know, our teeth, our dental enamel is a non-shedding surface. It's the only non-shedding surface actually really in our bodies. So, um, so the biofilm adheres to it, but if we're not disrupting it regularly, it can build up quickly. And that's where you get that really thick plaque. And again, depending on what foods you're eating, that bacteria in that plaque can be the pathogenic dysbiotic bacteria. Mm. So when you brush and floss, you're just, you're just removing that biofilm. It's always going to come back again. What you don't want, you don't want that biofilm to sit there for too long because the bacteria, again, they're releasing acid. And if it sits there too long, that acid is gonna leach minerals out of your teeth. And eventually it will pull so many minerals out of your teeth that a hole is created, okay? Mm. So, um, but for me, I feel like a lot of people brush, but, but flossing is something that needs a lot of work. And if I could choose, I would always choose flossing over brushing. Um, you know, if you eat a lot of crunchy vegetables and you're chewing a lot of foods, you are cleaning the outside surfaces of your teeth pretty decently, but mm. nothing's getting in between the teeth. Nothing's cleaning the biofilm in between the teeth except floss. That's the only thing really that can get in there. Um, so, and it is, it stimulates your gums and keeps them strong and healthy too. So I cannot emphasize flossing enough. I really um, would love people to try to work towards doing it nightly. That includes children. And I like to see kids flossing as young as one year old. And I definitely want them flossing by two years old. Um, and you might have to hop over to my page. Yeah. Instagram for more videos and tips on that. Um, cause some parents are like, Oh my gosh, what are you talking about? Do I even do that. I have videos. I got you. But, um, flossing is really, really important because again, we don't want gum disease um, and, and periodontal disease, because those bacteria, if they get too out of control, they'll get into your bloodstream and those bacteria can end up all over your body and cause long-term chronic issues. 
Got it. So the main takeaway from this episode is flossing. <laughs> yes. The other solutions you're talking about is, you know, making sure your diet's great with all the vegetables and the whole foods. Um, okay, got it. So moving on, I did want to talk about fluoride because I feel like that's a really big one. Um, sure. What is fluoride's impact on our body? And is it actually necessary to get fluoride-free toothpaste? Um, fluoride-free? Well, okay. So yeah. Fluoride is a hot topic. It's very controversial and it really is triggering for many people. Um, and I really like to base everything I talk about on science and the latest science. So I was taught like everyone else in dental school that fluoride is king and everyone needs fluoride and don't even question it. And if a patient questions it, you know, give them the side eye and kick them out of your practice basically, right? Like it was so judgmental. I mean, it's very dogmatic. Mm -hmm. But there is a lot of research right now, a lot. Last time I checked, it's over 70 research articles, and many of them are very high-quality studies that are showing um, a concern with systemic fluoride specifically and um, IQ and essentially brain development issues in uh, babies and young children, okay? And a lot of this is coming through maternal exposure through pregnancy and also infants being fed formula that is made with fluoridated water. The problem with fluoride is that even though they're controlling the dose in our water, we can't control the concentration. Meaning, um, sorry, they can control the amount of fluoride in the water, but we don't know how much people are consuming. So you might drink a cup of water a day and I might drink 15 gallons of water because I'm a marathon runner. So I'm getting way too much fluoride in the body. And so what is that doing long-term to my brain health? It also can cause um, issues with your bones like osteosarcomas. Um, It competes with other minerals and ions in the body. So there's a lot of concerns. There's actually a lawsuit going on in San Francisco. It's the people versus the EPA. And everyone should know about this. Again, this should be front praise news, but it's not. Um, But it's really interesting. I've been listening to a lot of the expert testimonies and reading the transcripts. It's the first time a federal judge has said, okay, dental community, we know you love fluoride. Cause here's the thing, fluoride topically, topically touching the teeth, it will strengthen teeth and help remineralize cavities and uh, lead to more acid resistance of the tooth. Mm-hmm. But the the concern is at what cost. And so then it becomes a, a risk benefit analysis, right? So um, the federal judge said, okay, dental community, we know you love fluoride. I get it. I don't want to hear from you. I want to hear from experts like epidemiologists um, and neuroscientists and essentially researchers of what, what it's doing to the body. And it, it's pretty incriminating. It does not look good for fluoride. Now, I don't know what the federal judge is going to rule. That being said, we are not fluoride deficient. Um, there is no system in the body that needs fluoride to function. Our teeth don't even have fluoride in them naturally or organically. Um, it was an observational occurrence that happened. There's really been no data to show safety and efficacy in fluoride, which is pretty shocking, I know, but it is true. There's there's no been, there's never been a safety study on water fluoridation specifically. And actually 97% of the globe is not fluoridated. It's a very US-centric issue and, and debate. 
uh, many other countries have removed it from their water. And that is for health concerns, but also medical ethical consent reasons. Like we're giving patients essentially a medication through their water, but they're not consenting to it. Right. Um, and so you're drinking it in your water, but also if you make soup, if you boil pasta, you know, it's in a lot of processed foods and drinks. It's just very hard to know how much, especially a child is getting systemically on a daily basis. You know, they're brushing with fluoride toothpaste, they're swallowing it, you know, young children, they're swallowing a lot of their toothpaste. It is absorbed through the mucosa. Um, so I can't, as a professional, look a parent in the eye and tell them that I think fluoride is the best thing for their child because I, I don't believe there's enough science to support that. Mm. Um, I think we should take a pause and just have an educated conversation about this and try to take the emotion out of it. Unfortunately, when as a dentist, if you start talking or speaking against fluoride, you get pegged as sort of like a woo-woo, um, which is really infuriating because I really just want what's best for my patients, but particularly their brain development. You know, I can fix a cavity in a child's tooth um, if perhaps they get one more cavity, which is what the data shows. It shows that perhaps fluoride reduces cavity risk by one cavity. Mm -hmm. Um, I can fix that tooth. I can't fix a brain. If there are if there are neurological or brain development or IQ issues in that child, that is long term. That is lifelong. That's not reversible. So I just think there needs to be a lot more research, and we need to just have more open conversations. And ultimately, I think I suggest parents and people do the research. You know, go on PubMed, go on NIH, or go to the Fluoride Action Network and read the research and make an educated choice for yourself. Um, if you are going to use it, I suggest only topical and make sure you can spit. I don't recommend it in young children who can't spit. Mm -hmm. um, and but but even that, even with that, I'm a big advocate of hydroxyapatite toothpaste. So hydroxyapatite is found in our bodies. It's found in our bones and in our enamel, there's 97% hydroxyapatite um, in our dental enamel, up to 60% in our bones. So there are toothpaste now that have this mineral, essentially think of it like a calcium. It's mm -hmm. very supported by the research for remineralization and strengthening teeth. In fact, it's even in some studies outperforming fluoride. It's been used in decades and decades in countries like Japan, um, and Italy, uh, and actually it was it was first used medically by NASA. NASA scientists used this because when astronauts went into um, zero gravity conditions, they're mm -hmm. susceptible to a lot of mineral loss. And so they would give the astronauts mineral-based toothpaste, hydroxyapatite to aid in their remineralization. So it has been around for a while and it's very supported by science. Um, but again, it can be very triggering and emotional for people, but I encourage everyone just to make their own choice. I will say my family is fluoride free. Um, and it's mostly because I just don't think we need it. I think it, we're not getting, we don't get cavities due to fluoride deficiency. Mm. It's really due to diet and how we're breathing. And also um, what many people don't know is ancestral humans, they really did not have cavities. So if you look back like 10 or 12,000 years ago at human skulls and you look at their dentition, there are zero cavities, none. 
cavities are very new. It's a very modern disease um, and it's uh, likely due to the agricultural and industrialized revolutions where we started refining flours and adding sugars and making more and more processed foods. Um, and so it's due to changes in our diet. And, and unfortunately, our changes in our diet is changing our moral, oral microbiomes too. I mean, we, we are seeing shifts in the oral microbiome, right. but there's really cool companies coming out now with oral microbiome testing kits, even ones that you can do at home. Um, there's one already out there, it's called Bristle. And you can't, it's not available to children yet, but you can order them online. I actually have a discount code. I don't know it off the top of my head, but I'll give it to you for your followers. Yeah, for sure. You can start studying your oral microbiome and they'll send you re your results, almost like 23andMe. They'll send you your profile and make suggestions. And then you can work on these things and then take it again three months later and see what shifts you are seeing in your microbial health. So it's really cool. It gives you like a metric as opposed to just your dentist or hygienist just saying, brush and floss, you're good. You know, it, it's, it really is empowering, I think, to make um, lifestyle long-term changes. Well, first of all, you know, thank you for that description about flora. I think, yeah, like a lot of people don't know like the science behind it or what's happening with it right now. Um, you know, personally, when I coach my clients, um, I do tell them about fluoride um, impact on the thyroid health because yes. it kind of displaces iodine. Yes, right? it, yeah. it can for iodine. It's an endocrine disruptor. Right. Um, yeah, it, it, it is. So it has it has some downstream effects. In terms of like, you know, the toothpaste, do you have any personal brands that you know of or yeah. you would suggest? Yeah. I do. My favorites right now are Boca and Risewell. And again, I have discount codes that I can give to your um, listeners. Um, I haven't found the perfect toothpaste yet, but I'm very mm -hmm. picky because I am so <laughs> um, into as, you know, minimally, I, I just think less is more. And right. I think there's something still added in those that we don't necessarily need that we don't know what it's doing to the oral microbiome. But I do like those because I know that they have a high enough percentage of hydroxyapatite to be efficacious. I will say be very careful. There are a lot of hydroxyapatite toothpaste popping up on the market mm. and some which are very popular. Um, but I've emailed many of them and asking what concentration of hydroxyapatite they have, and it's far too low to be beneficial. So a lot of um, kind of marketing and greenwashing happening out there because people do know that hydroxyapatite is kind of blowing up. So from like a business standpoint, it's a trend, it's a trend and I'm supportive of the trend, but you need a certain concentration just like you do in a fluoride toothpaste too. Mm. Um, so just be very careful and hopefully as it becomes more and more popular, that will be a little more regulated or at least more well-known to the public. Got it. So if someone is looking for a dentist after listening to you and kind of considering all that, um, what actually should we be looking for if we're, you know, going to a dentist? Like what, what should you look for in a dentist? Yeah. So I think you need to trust your gut. I really believe in that saying, um, you know, we release a lot of neurotransmitters and hormones in our <laughs> gut and it does speak to us. It's like our, it's a brain. Um, so just feel, how do you feel when you're there? Do you feel supported? I mean, your dentist and your de dental team should be part of your healthcare team. It shouldn't be a dictatorship. 
um, you, you need to feel heard. So if you're coming in with questions about fluoride or the materials they're using or, you know, anything that maybe is sort of off the normal and they're kind of, you're getting feelings of judgment. Mm. Uh, that's not a good fit. I, I, that's not a good fit because even if perhaps you have misinformation, a role of the doctor or dentist is to be a teacher and an educator. And we're here to support and guide you toward health. And so we're here to listen and to have a discussion and to educate. Um, so if you feel shamed or judged or criticized, I just think you should find a new dentist. There's a lot of dentists out there. Um, but if you're specifically looking for a biological or functional dentist, there are some resources. You can go to the IAOMT. Um, and we can put these in your show notes too, but I would look yeah. on the IAOMT the IADBM, there's the Holistic Dental Association, and then a very dear colleague of mine, Dr. Mark Burhana, who has an awesome platform, um, also on Instagram, and he has a wonderful website called Ask the Dentist. He has a functional dentist finder. So if you just Google Ask the Dentist functional dentist finder, um, I think he has over a thousand dentists now on there throughout the United States. That's um, awesome. It's super cool. And he, yeah. his, his pages are so informative too. He's just awesome. He's such a mentor and friend. Um, but I will say, unfortunately, there are not a lot of pediatric functional holistic dentists yet. I'm trying to work on that. Um, I, I take new patients. We do have patients that travel from all over the U.S. and actually internationally to see us. Um, but, you know, DM me if you, you want some tips. I don't know people. I just don't know very many though. There really aren't. Yeah. A lot. I mean, I could, yeah. count them. I could probably count on one hand how many there are in the United States. Um, but hopefully that changes soon. Well, you're very special in that regard because you're probably leading, you know, this whole charge into, into the future. Um, well, I hope to yeah. inspire. Yes. I will say what's really cool is I'm getting a lot of messages on my social platforms mm -hmm. from dental students. Oh, that's cool. Me, and they already, I, I admire them because they've kind of figured it out way before I did. They're just like, this, this doesn't even make sense. Half the stuff we're doing. Like, I don't feel like we're really helping our patients. I really love how you're practicing. How did you do it? So I do think there, the movement is coming yeah. and I think it's going to take some of these new graduates coming out that are really looking at the whole body um, and, and looking at the mouth as part of the, the integral system for health. And so I really admire the, the new grads and the new dentists that are coming onto the, onto the forefront. I love this whole paradigm. Like it's all just sounds really exciting. You know, the whole functional medicine movement and just including dentistry as well. I think it's going to be really good, exciting 10 to 20 years ahead yeah. of us. I agree. I really do. And especially, I mean, again, these systemic connections and for me, the brain health, I mean, whether it's fluoride exposure or, you know, the Alzheimer's dementia risk, I mean, there's a lot of mental health issues mm. out there right now. Right. And, you know, it, that's very complicated and not all of them, of course, can be tied back to our oral health, but certainly it's a part of the um, differential diagnosis and how important it is just to keep our mouths healthy for, for brain health, which I just think is so critical. 
Well, I really love this conversation that we had. I mean, I learned a lot too from, you know, just speaking with you a lot, a lot about like the gut health, but also like fluoride, like that's really, really interesting. Um, if, you know, if anyone's listening to this, where can they find you if they want to learn more about you or if they want to work with you? Yes. Awesome. So um, I'm in Portland, Oregon. I'm at uh, NOPO. It's N-O-P-O. It's, it stands for North Portland. It's just the area that I work in. NOPO Kids Dentistry. And we're always taking new patients. So you can reach out to us there. Um, I'm on Instagram at Dr. underscore Stacy, and it's D-O-C-T-O-R underscore S-T-A-C-I. And I'm actually starting uh, TikTok very soon. I'm currently recording videos and things. So nice. I will be up there next week. Um, and it will be educational. I'm not going to be necessarily dancing <laughs> around a whole lot, but um, yeah. it'll be another platform for more education. I love that. That's a lot of effort. Like yeah. I have to say, <laughs> well, it's, it's been fun. I, I love social for this reason, because again, yeah. I was an artist. So it's allowed me this creative outlet, which mm -hmm. I didn't have for years and years. And so I actually have so much more job fulfillment and I just feel so much happier that I have this creative outlet and I have such a community now through social media. It's really beautiful. It's super cool. Yeah, I love that. It feels like everything that you like is kind of coming together in this, yeah. in this area, which is also your passion. Yeah. Um, well, very nice to meet you, Dr. Stacy. Thank, Thank you, you so much. much. I really appreciate it. And everyone, um, I always try to answer my, my DMs on Instagram. And so if you have any questions, don't hesitate to reach out. Awesome. I'll put all of that in the show notes. Thank you once again. Yes. Thank you. Have a wonderful weekend.